0: Welcome to Sports with Sam and Steve on WFNM 89.1. I am Sam Chomsky, joined today, once again, by my co-host, the legendary Stephen Thiel and Nussbaum. Steve, how are we doing this week?
1: Hey, we're doing good this week. Happy to be back in the office, as always.
0: Yeah, so, we have got a lot to cover tonight. So, um, starting off... I just want to say, this is a Ben DiNucci appreciation episode. Big ups to Ben DiNucci, trying to come out there and produce for the Cowboys. Didn't turn out so well, but you know, we gotta give him some props. There'll be lots of talk about Ben DiNucci later on in the show, but let's get started with the NFL. Okay, so, the Jets are still bad at football. I know that that doesn't surprise anybody, but, you know... Uh, right now, they're go- undergoing a fire sale. They traded Avery Williamson to the Steelers, and he posted a hilarious Instagram post once he was traded. It was a picture of him uh, in his full Jets uniform, putting it, putting uh, hailing a taxi in Midtown Manhattan to get out. Um, it's like he almost had it prepared, <laughs> which was pretty crazy. But you know, I, I guess I guess when you're pro- on the Jets, like. This is just what Le'Veon
1: Bell was saying. Nobody's safe.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I, I mean, I don't necessarily blame the Jets for for trying to get some value out of these guys. I mean, they they really need a rebuild here. There, nothing is working. Nothing, like literally nothing. So no, I don't blame I, you them.
1: No, let's 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 give let's let's set the scene right here, okay? Because last week we were giving the Jets the trouble that they deserve, but after a week playing a Super Bowl champion kansas city chiefs you know you can't you can't expect I, things to get yeah, so and much i'm not added. saying
0: i'm not saying that i was expecting amazing i'm just saying i expected something and it was horrible <laughs> like it was the, it they're they're making the same mistakes that they've been that they have been making every single week and look it's it's honestly getting to that point now where it's like what's next like where 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 does this team go from here and i understand the fire sale however adam Gase insists that they're not waving the white flag i don't know how that makes any sense Stop lying, Adam Gase. You're waving the white flag. Just give in. <laughs> Adam
1: Gase is truly the problem here, to be honest. Yeah. they can get rid of players and acquire draft picks and do the whole spiel of a rebuild, but at the end of the day, Adam Gase seems to be the problem for the New York Jets.
0: Look, we, we, said, this, we said this last week, I'm pretty sure. The, the Miami Dolphins were not good under him. We know that. Ryan Tannehill was not good under him. We know that, too. Look at Ryan Tannehill now. Like, he's leading the Titans brilliantly. And it's because Adam Gase's system doesn't work. We know
1: that. And it shows in the stats, too. The Jets under Adam Gase are absolutely ranked dead last points per game, yards per game, and third down percentage per game.
0: Which is insane. I mean, like, like i feel like a lot of us could have called this i mean I, I understand that the the jets needed something different i totally understand that they've been going through years and years of of mediocrity but adam gase is your answer like i i feel like we could have seen this coming from a mile away ever since his first press conference
1: when he was up there looking ridiculous staring into space uh, you could tell right away this is not a good this is not going to be good look and we it's got,
0: not. Yeah, we got to, like, there, there's got to be some kind of crackdown on these kinds of things. So we are getting a call right now. Let's take a quick pause so I can pick up the phone. All right. Can you say that question again for me?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, So, or that, that was a different What, What I really wanted to call in to ask you about is, listen, I'm a lifelong Giants fan. Watched a game last night. Daniel Jones looks like trash. Last drive, though. Drives down the field, throws a beautiful touchdown to potentially tie up the game. Yes. And you know what? He looked like a starting quarterback in the NFL. He really did.
0: Let me stop you right there. He definitely did. That that throw to Golden Tate was fantastic. Perfect rainbow. Really put it exactly where he needed to. Got it out of the cornerback's hands. Made sure that Golden Tate was the only one that was going to make that catch. Yes, Yes, totally agree. Yes,
2: sir. So my question is, Going into the summer, it looks like the Jets are getting the number one pick with Trevor Lawrence. In your opinion, is Daniel Jones the guy to build around? Uh, and if not, what what opportunity would have to present itself this summer for the Giants to maybe go a different direction? Like Fields? I mean, who?
0: Because
2: honestly, Jones looked like a good quarterback to me. I, okay. For a few plays. Definitely.
0: And I, I, think that, I think that he was the victim of some bad luck. So the question is, I know that Steve can't really hear you right now because of our setup here. Uh, the question was about what do the Giants need to do going forward to possibly be competitive in the future? Um, there was talk about Justin Fields, right, if I'm correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, what I will say is... Yes, I agree that Daniel Jones looked pretty pretty good last night. Like that was a that was a competitive game. They stayed in it the whole time against a Tampa Bay team that was easily the betting favorites in that game. I mean, I think that the Giants had a 17 percent win probability as according yeah, to Barstool Sportsbook. Yeah, I, I Sports think that
2: Tampa was plus t- plus thirteen. I I drank a little on the money line too, but don't tell anybody.
0: <laughs> For sure. So, I just want to like I, I I have said. That I think that this is a possibility. It is a possibility that they go after Justin Fields. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that. You know? I think that the yeah. Jets are that there was a report that came out today that, that NFL execs still believe that Trevor Lawrence is gonna come out of college this year. So I, I see that I see that being easily the number one overall pick. The Jets need a quarterback again. Sam Darnold's not working out. Clearly that's gonna be the move. Yeah. That being said, you know, I think that the Giants are slotting into number two right now.
1: Oh, you think a move for Justin Fields pretty much admits already that they're giving up on Daniel Jones only in his sophomore year.
2: Uh, I I just feel like Daniel Jones I feel like something that doesn't get talked a lot about with him is he's a big guy. He kinda he moves like I mean obviously at yeah, that one eighty yard run that was hilarious. But but he looks he looks good. He he's an athlete, you know, he's not just a, a sit back pocket passer like Eli Manning that we had the last fifteen years. So definitely I think he's exciting. I think it's really just those those mistakes, those boneheaded plays. He yeah, had that one um, prayer out route, you know, that got taken the other way when the Giants had a lot of momentum. I don't know. I, I think, I think in my opinion, you build around Jones. You keep the same coaching staff. You try to add a, a real weapon. But yeah. I don't know.
0: I totally agree. And I, I, I think that, honestly, so uh, for Steve again, so uh, – Alex was talking about building around Daniel Jones, maybe maybe keeping the coaching staff, that type of thing. I yeah. I, I, tend to agree. I really do. I, I, I think that the coaching staff that they have in right now is is good. I think that Joe Judge shows a lot of guts and shows a lot of decisiveness when it counts. I really yeah. like the way that he's coached. That being said, he doesn't have the weapons to coach effectively.
2: I don't uh, think... With Barton,
0: yeah. yeah, with Barkley out. Yeah, with Barkley out with with Will Hernandez getting getting covid and getting all these of, offensive linemen in quarantine which we'll cover later on you know it's a very difficult situation i don't i don't disagree in saying that you know this a the coaching staff should say around. B, I think that they could build around this team. I think that they have a good core. They have an athletic, fast quarterback. I mean, he outran yeah. everybody on that eighty yard run. If he if he hadn't tripped up, he would have he would have scored a touchdown. Like Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean the turf monster got to him, but but other than that, yeah. he he looked good on he looks good when he when he runs with the ball. He just needs to A hold on to it. And also, I, I just need to to see more. You know, I need to see consistency because it always felt like to me that Daniel Jones could have a great game and then go right back to to the the same stuff that makes Giants fans mad. Like, yeah, we all loved Eli. Don't get me wrong, but but we we got frustrated with him all the time, and it's just it's just more of the same with Daniel Jones. It really is.
2: Yeah.
0: Some somebody yeah. has always said to me uh, that Daniel Jones looks like. Uh, Daniel Jones looks like the, the actor that they'd cast to play Eli Manning in a Peyton Manning biopic. So very,
2: that's 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 a very good point. That's yeah. a very good point.
0: Like he's the same yeah, he's he looks the same even. Like it, it's really ridiculous.
2: He dresses the same, he looks the same. I when they first picked him I hated it. I absolutely despised yeah. it. Well none now, of us understood.
0: None of us understood because you know, Lamar was on Lamar was on the board, right?
2: He was still yeah, I mean it was so... It's still, you know, he's never gonna be as good as Lamar, but it is what it is. You gotta make this. Yeah, I
0: think that I think that it was it was more about the the Cutcliffe effect than anything else. Yeah. It's David Cut, David Cutcliffe who coached, I believe, Peyton and Eli in college. I I know that that's that's something that the Giants value is that they know they know how to train a guy in that in that scheme. They know how to build off of that scheme. So I think that that's what they were looking for. I think that they worried that with Lamar they'd have to change up a lot. And honestly, I really don't see an issue because they, you know, they ended up changing up their coaching staff in a little bit right after it. So. Yeah.
2: I like, the, I like the, uh, the input. I'm feeling a little bit better about the Giants. I'm going to be honest. I, I think I have to get back to work, but um, I'm loving the show. I'm trying to get that stream loaded, but um, I'll let you get back to business. Get thank you very much. Uh,
0: of course, you can listen on uh, listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts after the show. Uh, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, right. get back to work. We'll see you soon.
2: Appreciate you.
0: So, Steve, I'm sorry that it didn't work out quite the way that we wanted, but good caller, really, really, really scintillating conversation, I would say. So, You're a it, smart guy. He's definitely a smart guy. Definitely has a lot to, a lot to contribute. Uh, I'm sorry that it took so long to get the technical difficulties worked out, but I'm hoping in the future that we'll be able to, A, get Steve in on being able to, to join the conversation, all that stuff. Um, but you know, it was a, it was a, it was a good talk. It was a good talk. Thank you, Alex, again for, for, uh, calling in. We always appreciate differing opinions from ours as well. So I guess, I guess we've covered the Giants enough. I mean, last night, I just want to say it, it was, it, they what they showed me a lot. They really did. I think that they, they were the victims of some bad luck. Uh, there were some terrible calls by the officiating, including the, the helmet to helmet personal foul that was called against the Giants. That was very clearly, um, the receiver lowering his head, and not the not the corner, but the corner still got called for the penalty. It was more that the corner was bracing. And then on the two point conversion that would have tied the game, there was pretty obviously a pass interference. It was it was a close call, I will say, but they had been calling everything else all night, and it honestly just seemed to me that 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 should have been called as well, especially at that pivotal moment in the game. You know, the Giants are what one and six. Like, come on, please, like. You gotta cut him a little bit of slack, especially on a on a on a close call like that. You have to you have to at least consider it. And they they picked up the flag in the end, and then the game was over.
1: I'll, I I do understand it was pretty close play, but it could have gone either way. But I don't understand picking up the flag. But I, this yeah this is not this is not the referee's fault for the giant's loss
0: i'm I'm not i'm not blaming the referees for the giant's loss there were obviously a lot of things wrong i mean daniel jones needs to find some consistency as i said on our on our call with alex but you know I, i i do have to say that that with with the refs possibly making that right call which i still think was messed up on their end it would be a different game they would have gone to overtime and you know who knows what would have happened
1: so just to finish up with the giants uh, I saw a good tweet from a Giants fan that said, went along the lines of something like, "Well, it looks like I'm in for another 14 years of not being able to tell whether my quarterback is good or not."
0: I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, I think that Eli gets a lot of a lot of a lot of trash talk for for the for the play. I mean, he is a two-time Super Bowl MVP. He did he did lead those two teams, even though they had good defenses. He he did play fantastic. So I, I don't want like. I've never been a fan of the Eli, Eli Smack Talk. Obviously, at the end of his career, things, things were a little different. But he won us two Super Bowls. Like, we have to give him some credit. I don't know about, I don't know about Daniel Jones right now. I, I can't put him on the same level as Eli Manning, obviously. But I, I think that we have to wait a little bit. I think that a lot of what he has around him isn't a final product and isn't conducive to development. So I don't want to sit out here and say that, that Daniel Jones is, is washed and he's done. Like, that's not what I'm going to do. I think, that, I think that they need to build a team around
1: him. Just give him some time to develop, and we'll see what happens. He, we, we see bright spots.
0: Definitely. Uh, moving on, Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens 7-0 and on the season, looking really good. Uh, yeah, Steelers look great. I, th- I believe they're, only, they're the only undefeated team left. I, I'm honestly shocked. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, same age as Eli Manning, still out there slinging it, even after some, some rough injuries. And they look good, man. They look really good. They really do. To beat to beat that Ravens team is, is a feat in itself, and they they won decisively.
1: The Steelers definitely looked good, but I'll tell you who did not look good, and that was Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, Lamar was looking not not great. And I mean, most of the time like most of the time you can rely on him to to, to make plays, but but this was bad. He was throwing up rubber ducks the entire game.
1: Absolutely. Two interceptions on and several more throws that could have easily been interceptions. He's just not seeing the field very well lately. And he
0: hasn't been the same guy that he was last season. And look, it's, it's kind of the sophomore slump, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it, I believe last year was his first season, right? So, so it is the sophomore slump, you know, it's, it's, there are some adjustments that need to be made. You know, he's still learning the system, even though he's second year in and, and it could be a bit, a bit of a struggle, but I think that he's still a dynamic playmaker and we just have to see him develop. Look. Daniel Jones wasn't this bad last year. It's the soft the sophomore slump is a real thing. It's it's you know there's this mindset that' you're, you're not a rookie anymore you're not you're not new you have to you have to create you have to create a name for yourself that type of thing and it's just it, it's a hard thing. It's a lot of pressure on a player.
1: yeah well I, I didn't even mention a second ago the additional two fumbles that he gave up to the Steelers. I mean you can't expect to win games with a quarterback. That is going to give up four turnovers in a game.
0: Definitely. It's, you know, it...
1: I used to call Lamar the baby goat, but lately he's been showing me that I might have to find a new guy for that nickname. <laughs> maybe, I... a guy named, maybe a guy named Tua, for example.
0: Maybe Tua. I, 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 let's let's not jump the gun. Tua wasn't fantastic. He was okay, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I mean, the lefty quarterback thing also freaks me out all the time. I don't want to. I don't want to just abandon Lamar here. Like this is not. <laughs> Every, everybody can have a sophomore slump. Everybody can have a sophomore slump, and I don't want to stop stop calling him the baby goat just because just because he has a few bad games. And plus, he hasn't even been playing that bad. I know four turnovers isn't isn't ideal, and that's also been the Giants' bugaboo as well as the turnovers. But you can't you can't just say that that he's washed again. It's the same deal. I, I I'm not I don't want to sit here comparing Lamar Jackson to to Daniel Jones because there's no comparison. But we can't write them off. You can't write them off just yet. I think that there that there is some room for improvement and I think that this is just a temporary thing easily. Uh moving on, the 49ers had a really bad week. The injury bug continues to bite them. Um yeah. So Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle are both out for extended periods of time. Uh that means that, you know, they're leaving they're leaving their quarterback played at what Nick Mullins and C.J. bathard and George Kittle is a is a absolutely dynamic tight end, and they're they're losing someone big there, so they're they're gonna really struggle throughout the rest of the season. I think they said George Kittle's gonna miss about eight weeks with with a broken foot, uh, a broken bone in his foot. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo has high ankle sprain, but either way, that those are two big losses for the for the 49ers, and they're really gonna struggle moving forward
1: absolutely they've only been able to muster a four and four start. they're already last in the nfc west i I just don't see the remainder of this season going well for them i think that it might be time to pack it in for the 49ers
0: definitely i i i mean i don't know about pack it in we so today we just passed the nfl trade deadline it was pretty quiet nothing much happened other than the jets fire sale that's been going on for a little while but I don't know if they're ready to pack it in. Obviously they're not fire they're not going for a fire sale or whatever, but like, like the Jets, but you know, it's it's gonna be a rough couple of weeks. I, I I don't think you can rely on the on the quarterback play of Nick Mullins and CJ Bathard to to get you anywhere that you wanna go, especially if you're last in your division.
1: Exactly. that's what I'm saying to you today, is that they are already five hundred. They are in last place in their division, and now they've lost their two best players, in Kittle and Garoppolo. That's true. And- I just don't see a positive future for at least the remainder of this season. Let's be I,
0: real, though. Let's be real, though. They were never going to win that division. The Seahawks are too, too good. They're way too good.
1: There was a possibility they could make a run, okay? 500 not that bad of a start eight weeks in. Okay, we're only halfway done with the season. We've seen stretches from teams that we've thought were core teams in the past. Yeah, But now that they've lost their two best players, there's just no ability for the team to bounce back.
0: Definitely. I I I don't I, I wouldn't say no ability. I think Nick Mullins has shown us some some flashes of being relatively decent. You know, he I, he did he did beat the Giants, which is not a difficult feat, but still. Uh I, I don't wanna write them off just yet. I really don't. I, I think that they have to find some way to do it, and I, I don't think that they're gonna just pack it in. I, I think that, that they're gonna show show us something. What that something is, I don't know. But I, I, we will see uh, wishing wishing garoppolo and and uh wishing garoppolo and kittle a speedy recovery uh moving on as we said before Tua got a win in his first start didn't look so great but got the job done uh ryan fitzpatrick still sitting on the bench cowboy should definitely give it a look uh we'll get to that later on but did look did look you know, serviceable as a as a starting quarterback. I mean, it was his first game. We can't expect him to be to be lights out, incredible, but definitely definitely has the the left arm strength to to do something. So,
1: yeah, he got a nice welcome to the league by Aaron Donald, and uh, but after that, it was all fireworks, in my opinion. Okay? Definitely, a lot of a lot of the game w- uh, was helped by the Miami defense, which looked phenomenal. Yeah, uh, two fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown, and I. I I think the Dolphins are looking really good.
0: I I would agree. I I think that I think that the quarterback change, although I was critical of it last week, I think it's the right move. Um, I do want to see Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, now now Ryan Fitzpatrick can't really go anywhere, but I I I do hope that they find some use for him because he is, you know, he's still capable enough, and I don't want to just I don't want to let him just rot there on the bench, you know anyway uh congrats to two on his first win moving on the patriots what is going on <laughs> i mean we had we they're they're not looking good anymore they're really not they're not that dominant team that we once knew i i, I think rex ryan said it best okay which is I, I never thought i would say that that rex ryan said something good but Rex Ryan said that the best QB in the league is far more effective on a team than the best coach which obviously as we're seeing is true I mean no matter no matter what coaching you have whether it's whether it's you know Bill Belichick or or Ben McAdoo you're not going to go anywhere without a good without without a good quarterback and I'm not saying that a- that I'm not saying that Cam Newton's bad I'm not going to say that I'm saying that he's not, he's not the same level of talent as Tom Brady. He isn't. That's
1: 100% right. Uh, Cam Newton has not looked good ever since he came back from the COVID list. Okay. Yeah. And I honestly do have a concern about what has COVID done to Cam Newton. He looked phenomenal for the first few weeks when he was playing for the New England Patriots you know running the ball very well first and, and side note you know patriots fans have not seen a quarterback run this much in their entire life that's but true cam newton you know is probably a shock to them but since he has come back from the covid list he's recovered from covid we don't know the long term effects
0: yeah well we, yeah we know we know that a lot of that there are these people called covid covid long haulers is what they're calling them in the media which is these people that have these long lasting effects after they've recovered from the virus and after they've cleared the virus from their system and and look we don't know what kind of damage it did to his lungs we don't know what kind of damage it did to his circulatory system like these are thi- these are things that might actually genuinely affect him going forward he might be running out of breath he might be losing energy really quickly
1: it's one of my fears for Cam Newton because ever since he's come back and i can honestly say watching patriots games that he looks not as quick he his throws are not as accurate and he just doesn't look like the same guy that he was since he came back from from having COVID. Definitely. And I, I'm not exactly sure what the future can hold for him with the Patriots, but I, I hope he figures it out, and I hope that that is not the case, that he's one of those so-called long haulers.
0: Me too. I, 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 I hope so too. I mean, he's still a dynamic player, still has the legs, still has all that, but... You know, he might he might just be getting too tired. He might just be getting too we're overworked and, and it's and it's showing in his play. They lost the game on a on a fumble
1: by Cam Newton. Oh, a game that they were a hundred percent going to win with a chip shot field goal. He decides you know, they're gonna run it to run down the clock, and then he fumbles the ball right at the end. Definitely. It, it was devastating for the Patriots. That that kind of thing cannot happen from a starting quarterback you cannot fumble in that situation
0: it's shocking to see that it's shocking to see that on a bill belichick led team he has preached throughout his coaching career discipline has always preached it ball discipline uh conservative play all of it and it just isn't working right now it's not getting through to it's not getting through the players i don't know i don't know if it's it's because cam is overworked or whatever but it's not getting through and it's, and it's sad. I mean, this is, a, this is a team that has been a dynasty for, what, 20 years or something? They've been good for since Tom Brady came to the league 20 years ago. And now they don't have Tom Brady. They don't have the, the same kind of guys that they once did. And, and, you know, Bill Belichick is really struggling. He really is. I, I have to give him credit because he's still coaching the team well, but he doesn't have the pieces he once did. He really doesn't. So going back to, to Ben DiNucci... A lot of things came out over the course of the game about Ben DiNucci. This is, this is something that's been happening a lot kind of recently with, with players. While they're in a game, they get, they get exposed online for their past social media presence. Uh, it happened with Josh Hader a few years ago. It happen, it's happened a bunch of times. But I, I just w- kind of want to go through some of these tweets here. Um, on August 22nd, 2012, Ben DiNucci tweeted out, I wonder if horses want to eat us when they're hungry. I, I, there's no, there's no controversy there, but it's, it's weird. There, there are some actually problematic ones that I, I can't really, I can't really share on the air. They are kind of directed at members of the LGBTQ plus community, so that is very, very much, that, that is very much not good. As well as, there was a tweet that he sent out a little while, uh, I think back in 2014 that said Tony Romo is absolute trash. That's not exactly a good thing to say, especially for a team where Tony Romo is the is the guy. So that's
1: re- blasphemous. That's blasphemous for Dallas Cowboys fans.
0: Totally. And I, I mean, look, ca- football fans can say that Tony Romo wasn't the best quarterback in the world. We know that. He, he he retired early. He was injured all the time. When he was on the field, he was pretty good. But yeah, that's blasphemous for Cowboys fans, and he should be ashamed. For for saying that and not going through his Twitter and making and making some changes, it's really not good. So, did, not did surprising. That,
1: did you see that his LinkedIn is still active?
0: Is his LinkedIn still active? Uh oh.
1: Ben DiNucci's LinkedIn is still active, and it doesn't really seem like his future goals were set on playing in the NFL. Yeah, because he wrote. He's a senior communications major at a minor in general business at James Madison University. I am also a member of the varsity football team, where I acquired critical time management and leadership skills that will transfer into the real world.
0: Oh, I, I <laughs> and mean.
1: That, and, then, and last and uh, two days ago, we saw him playing on Sunday Night Football.
0: Look, it, it's almost <laughs> that almost sounds like an XFL storyline to me. So this guy, that, this guy that didn't think he was going to be there coming into the league and, and producing. Speaking of which, I believe PJ Walker got reps this past week. There was also another XFL quarterback on... The, the Cowboys backup was an XFL quarterback who they signed after Andy Dalton went down. That being said, they also have Cooper Rush on their practice squad, and the rumor is that he's being elevated on to the active roster to start, possibly. Um, he was re-signed by, by the Cowboys on October 30th, obviously in response to all the problems that they've had at quarterback. Was on the Giants practice squad, then they released him and, and was picked up by the Cowboys practice squad. And it's looking like he might get a start. Has only thrown three balls in his entire in the entirety of his NFL career. One for a completion. <laughs> so I, I guess they're taking a gamble.
1: I'm going to miss Ben if that happens. I really, li- I really like Ben DiNucci. Poor but, Ben uh,
0: DiNucci. Poor guy.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens next week.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. The Cowboys are are not doing so well right now. They've they've got a lot to figure out. So, I don't know if you saw this one, Steve. It was terrible. So the Bears wide receiver Javon Mims was suspended for two games after an absolutely heinous melee on a Saints cor- uh, corner, where basically after the play, he just went up to the Saints guy, got his attention with his, with his left hand, and then open face pun- uh, open-handed open punched him with his right in the helmet, and just went after him. Can't, we still don't know why. We still have no idea why that happened. I, just, it was disgusting. That should have never happened.
1: I'm shocked he only got suspended two games. I am too. It was it was horrible. I mean, if they're trying to be like hockey, then you know, why don't we just have open fights on the field, you know? Yeah, but
0: when <laughs> when 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 we're doing when we're doing all of these all of these motions for player safety and all of this stuff and, and getting rid of the the threat of, of CTE and all of that. This can't be happening. And and you got to you if you're the NFL, you got to hand down punishments. You can't you can't just give them a slap on the wrist. Two games is a slap on the wrist. And look, I, I can't fault the NFL, honestly, right now, because they, they are... Actually, I can. You know what? Let me go back on that. I can fault the NFL, because they are messing up at every turn right now. The the corona cases, the all of that. I mean, look, just this past week, we've had corona cases on the Giants, Cardinals, Ravens, Cowboys. Come on. <laughs> this is just... It's, it's a weekly thing already. And I know that they're trying to do the, the, the test and quarantine thing, but I... come on. I'm not trying to be
1: controversial here, you know, some hot takes, you know, but Javon Mim's roid rage, question mark?
0: Oh, I I don't know if we can go that far.
1: I, I'm just saying, nobody knows why he did what he did, but he went up to another man unprovoked and punched him right in the face. He,
0: do, he does not look jacked enough to be on steroids. Come hey, on.
1: Hey, I'm, I'm just saying, check the guy out. Check him out is all... Look, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying one thing or another. I'm just asking questions.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he uh, gets a random test coming up in the next few days. Uh, get ready for that one, Javon. I can't be the only one thinking it. Yeah, <laughs> you're
1: listening, uh, Javon, get yeah. ready.
0: Speaking up. Speaking of Corona in the league, uh, this is a terrible story. So, Ra- Raiders Trent Brown was having a rough month. First, he was diagnosed with coronavirus. And then this week before the game, he was feeling sick, and they gave him an IV, and unfortunately, he was given, he had some mishap with, with the IV, and he got an air bubble in his veins, which is a serious, serious problem. So, he was hospitalized for a while, and they just got him out. Uh, thank God, he, he's, he just got out, and he's fine. But that's that's a rough, rough couple of weeks for that guy. I mean... God, like to first go from having corona and having like your whole offensive line be quarantined to now having this mishap with an iv which is supposed to be you know a helpful thing and it was supposed to help him help him to get to play and and he ended up in the hospital for it which is awful
1: yeah that's that's terrible i mean yeah no other way to put it i mean andy dalton is now on the covid 19 list as well
0: yeah and that's why i mentioned the cowboys like it's i I mean maybe even ben is gonna end up with corona like we don't know yeah. It's, it's really like the, the NFL needs to sort this out. The NFL needs to sort out their, their protocols. And we were saying it time and time again. I mean, the, the MLB kind of let us down in the end with, with the, with the Justin Turner stuff, but the MLB needs to sort themselves out because it's not looking good right now. All right. Sorry. The NFL needs to sort themselves out because it's not looking good right now. It's 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 their players are testing positive left and right. There's no coordination here. And I just feel like there's, there's something more that can be done. A it, lot more than whether it's this compliance officers thing that the MLB did, which obviously was successful because they had about two months without any, any players getting the virus, which obviously went, went to the wayside when Justin Turner tested positive during the World Series, which calls into question a lot of things, but we're not going to get into that.
1: That's a whole other...
0: yeah. But the NFL needs to do something, and, and it doesn't look like they're going very far right now if they can't control these things.
1: They gotta do a better job, simple as that.
0: When impact players get get out of the game, it, it lessens the quality of the game, it lessens the quality of the sport, and it makes, people, it makes people not wanna watch as much because they don't have their star players and they don't have the excitement factor and they don't have an entertaining game. Anyway, I, I just wanted to pick that up. This is a big announcement that I wanted to put out there for those of you listening and those of you that will be listening afterwards on either Spot- SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Those are recent additions, by the way. Um, next week, we're going to have a special guest. This is something that Steve and I are both extremely excited about. Uh, Ian Rappaport is going to be on our show. This is sports writer, NFL, NFL insider extraordinaire. I am so excited for this. This is, this is the type of thing that I would have never dreamed of, dreamed of when we started this show, and I am so excited to have him on.
1: As am I. This is going to be a great interview, great guy to have on the show, and we're going to get a lot of good insight from Mr. Rappaport.
0: Yeah. So, our listeners out there, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, chumsky at fnm.edu. Uh, I'll post it on the Facebook post and, and all over social media afterwards send in your questions. Maybe you'll get on, maybe your question will get on the show. We're going to have them on for about 10, 15 minutes, just kind of going through some stuff. We're definitely going to ask them a lot of questions about uh, COVID-19 and how it's affecting the league and, and what the NFL is doing to try and possibly fix these things. But it's going to be very exciting. I'm stoked. Like I, I can't wait to have this next week. I can't wait to bring more guys on, uh, more people on, As the show goes on, you know, over the next months, years, whatever, but you know, this is, this is a fantastic opportunity and I am so excited. Let's move on to the MLB. This is also very exciting. So as we've been talking about since I believe January, the Mets were getting sold and officially Stephen A. Cohen is the new owner of the New York Mets. I am speechless. (laughs) There was so much happening where we didn't think this would happen. We thought that, that J-Rod would get in the way. We thought all of these things were going to change. But here we are looking at the Mets having the richest owner in the MLB, the second richest owner in all of, professional, in all of American professional sports. This is fantastic.
1: We didn't think it was going to happen for a second there last week.
2: Yeah, we, we had, we, yeah, we
1: had we, some concerns with uh, Bill de Blasio. You know, we had some concerns over how long it would take, but it turns out that there wasn't as much adversity as we thought there would be.
0: I I honestly think that Bill De Blasio was just holding out because he wanted to make the moment about himself because he's kind of the worst. So I I, I think that he was holding out on 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 making this announcement. I think he knew that he had no he had no ground to stand on in this in this kind of battle here that they were trying to trying to wage on billionaires, which he's done you know, since he's taken office, especially he, he, he torpedoed the Amazon deal that would have brought thousands of jobs to Long Island city. Um, this would have been, this is the same type of thing. You know, it's a, it's a billionaire trying to get into business in New York city and it's, and it's a stumbling block to get there. But I think he realized that, that Steve Cohen is going to do more, more good than bad. And and he finally let it go, but had to make it dramatic. I don't
1: know. I think, I think he was more worried about the Mets fans showing up at his house with pitchforks and torches.
0: I, I almost did. I was I was planning on driving I was planning on driving to Gracie Mansion. I am dead serious. I would have taken the three let's, I would let's have not taken the
1: political here. Let's not get too political on this one. This is not even
0: political. This is just me being a Mets fan. Yep. I, I would have driven three hours to Gracie Mansion and one person protested. I would have blasted Metallica at three in the morning outside of his house just to just to make it known that I wanted this to happen. Seriously. All right, well you got your way. Thank the Lord. That I got my way because this is going to be an exciting time there's a lot going in the in the Mets favor with this with this happening right now the Mets are now being in having an influx of capital that a lot of teams just aren't having this was a this was a this season was a wash for a lot of teams a lot of teams are, are bracing for for the financial in- impact of this and Honestly, Steve Cohen didn't have the financial impact of this. Steve Cohen's still worth $14.8 billion. It's not like he, as soon as he came in, he announced all of these, like, all of these good measure things, like paying, paying all the city field salaries, their uh, city field workers, their full wage, retroactively paying all of the vendors and, 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 and stand workers and all of that, their wages. These are the things that he's coming in and trying to do to, to garner goodwill with, with the fans and garner goodwill with the city. And I, I know that Bill de Blasio was was particularly concerned about about those wage workers. And they're they're now being taken care of, as well as Steve Cohen contributing a lot of money to um to the city's economic development fund to help small businesses get relief from COVID-19. So I think a lot of those things contributed. I think that they they you know saw the good in him. He's always been very charitable with his money. He has a, an entire wing of North Shore LIJ uh well sorry, Northwell Health, now that's called. He has the Cohen Children's Hospital. He has the Cohen Foundation, which supports veterans. So he's always been a very he's always been a very charitable person. But this is a new this is good. This is fantastic. He's doing the things that'll that'll garner him respect amongst the owners, respect amongst in the city, respect with the with the league, and I'm very happy to say that. That being said, he's already been a better owner than the Will <laughs> Already. Hasn't even actually taken ownership yet. The deal's expected to close within the next few days. But already a better owner. Has a Twitter talking with fans already. He's talking with fans on Twitter. Like, think about that. What owner does that? That's just, that's like a new, it's a new world for Mets fans. We are ecstatic. Because we have never had owners, at least in the past, you know, 30 30 somewhat years, that have listened to us. And now, this man is taking, is taking, asked, actively asked people to give him suggestions on Twitter of how to make the fan experience better. And responded. Like, he responded that, that he wants to bring back an old-timers day, wants to retire all of these numbers that Mets fans have been pushing for forever. Like, all of these things that we as fans have always wanted, he wants to do, because he's a fan. Like, how cool is that?
1: Pretty cool, man. Looks like it's a new era in Citi
0: Field. Definitely. Kind of went off on a tangent about Steve Cohen there. I'm just madly in love with him. Don't tell him. Shh. <laughs> anyway, so hot stove news. Just kind of quickly run through. Yankees non-tendered Masahiro Tanaka. That means that he, if another team wants to sign him, they don't have to give up a draft pick because they non-tendered him. Um, this kind of surprised me a little bit. They need the, they need the pitching, and it, it honestly shocks me that they would go that route. And I think that he's going to get signed somewhere else. I think that he's going to get more money somewhere else. He might get more money cross town.
1: I, I know. I think the Mets are a good uh possibility for Tanaka yeah. after this for, during this offseason, excuse me. Yeah,
0: but and I, I think that non tendering non-tendering a guy like that is a bad move because you don't I, even get anything out of it.
1: I agree with you. I don't understand this move in the slightest. Yeah. Tanaka was one of the probably top three pitchers on the rotation for the New York Yankees this season. Um you know the fans love him. He's very good. Like I said, I do not understand this move at all.
0: I don't either. And and frankly, it I, it's a very un-Yankees thing of them to do that. Um, so moving on, tenders were given out to Trevor Bauer, Trevor, uh, DJ LeMayhew, George Springer, JT Realmuto, uh, Marcus Stroman. All of those are not surprises. I mean, they're all impact players. That being said, I don't think a lot of them are going to accept their qualifying offers. Uh, Bauer, I don't think is going to accept it because he wants to test the test the free agent market. He's going to get money somewhere else. He had a great season. Um, Lemayhew, I
1: I don't know. I, I mean, there is there there is no way Lemayhew accepts the qualifying. I got
0: We got to see how much the Yankees are willing to pay him per season.
1: Well, he's a top he's a top three player just going by the fact that he was a MVP finalist in the American League. Yeah. Okay. And he probably wants at least twenty million for at least four years. Yeah. I the, don't. But the him. thing is,
0: the consideration that they have to make, a lot of teams now is is that they don't want to, or a lot of players need to make, is that the teams don't want to give out as much money as they think that they want, as they think that they are worth, because of the financial constraints that they have right now after coronavirus. I think that Lemayhu,
1: the past two seasons, has definitely played above the value of his contract. And oh, he will that's
0: that's to not, not a doubt to me at he will all.
1: all. Test the market.
0: That's not a doubt to me at all. I think that he is definitely played above his above his pay grade. That's a fact. Strowman, I, I could see him accepting his qualifying offer. Frankly, because he because of, you know, first he was injured, then he sat out the rest of the season. Plus he, he, he didn't prove anything this past year. To go into a contract year without playing is really not a, a good standing for him. So I think he's gonna accept that qualifying offer. I really do.
1: I agree with you, but we'll, we'll have to see what happens. He doesn't seem very happy in his environment for some reason or another. I see a lot of... I mean,
0: he blocked me on Twitter. I can't figure out why. I still can't figure out why. I I did, mean, I've never tweeted at him.
1: It's clear through his social media posts that he does not seem very happy with the environment. Yeah, he's
0: but honestly, he's, he's not going to get anything better anywhere else. We know that. He, he can't. We'll see. There's no team that's going to be willing to spend, spend more than $18.9 million a season on a guy like that or giving him a bigger contract for a longer year, for longer term. I don't think that the, any, any team is going to want to take a flyer on a guy that had these issues that, 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 that had a cash drain and then decided to sit out the rest of the season. Springer and Realmuto Muto aren't going to take their qualifying offers. That's foregone conclusion. I think Springer, I think Springer gets signed by the Mets. I really do. I JT Real Muto, I'm starting to go cold on. I think that he's going to, he's going to command way too much money. And I think that the Mets can get the same kind of value from who am i thinking of there's there's another catcher on the market who i who i do like better who will be worth less money the name is just not coming to me right now but look jt Ramuto is gonna gonna command a big contract i don't think the phillies are gonna give it to him but i think that he is gonna get a big contract and i don't want the mets to go and spend the money on a 30 year old catcher who may or may not contribute for a few years when, when catchers get over 30 they they start to go a little bit. so
1: yeah both of those guys probably won't accept. Um, the Mets are in the running, but I'm not going to go ahead and say that Springer is going to the Mets. I,
0: I think I think that that's going I think that that's the most likely landing spot other than obviously the Astros. I think that the Mets have needed a center fielder for a while. He's got a bat, he's got a glove. they, they should I, I fully expect them to go after him. I don't know if they're going to sign him, but I I fully expect them to go after him and be competitive in the market for him. We'll see. All right. Uh, Jacob deGrom is a finalist for the Cy Young Award again in the National League. He's not going to win it. Still really cool. I mean, the guy has been fantastic his entire career. Back-to-back Cy Young Award winner the past two years. This year, it's probably going to go to Trevor Bauer. Um, He's probably going to place third behind Trevor Bauer and Yu Darvish. But still, incredible season. Those last two starts were his downfall. That that was the issue with the sixty-game season: is that even a little bit, even a little bit of a, a struggle is really gonna really gonna show in your stats. So, it, it's it's kind of a, a cruddy situation for Jacob Degrom. I think if the game, if the season was the normal length, we'd be we'd be talking about a three peat. I really do. But here we are right now. What has happened has happened. Back to that financial constraint question. There's a lot of speculation. That this this hot stove season in the MLB is going to be lukewarm to cold, and and rightly so. You know, there there's a lot of things that that teams have to think about, including fans in the stands, the lost revenues from this past season. If we're even going to have a, a longer a, a normal length season, I I think that teams are going to be hesitant to pay players when they aren't recouping the value of the contracts in their other means of revenue
1: I think you're 100% right it's simply the uncertainty of how next season or even preceding seasons are going to go whether or not fans will be in the stands if they will be in the stands what percentage where are they going to be allowed where are they not going to be allowed there's a cloud of uncertainty over the future of the MLB and you rightly said just a minute ago that in order for these players to get paid the owners and those who are writing their checks will have to be able to recoup the value. And if they can't do that, then they might put off this free agency pursuit for another time. Definitely. That's a that's an accurate prediction. That's, that's my, definitely
0: my... that's definitely a uh, consideration that they have to make. That's why everybody thinks that the Mets are going to have a good time this offseason, simply because they have this huge influx of capital coming in right now. I mean the team just got sold for 2.475 billion. The their owner's net worth is 14.8 billion. Already already spending millions on on paying paying uh stadium staff and and gig workers and all of that and the 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 groundskeepers who were working at half wage throughout all of this and everything like that. They're still I think that that's why the Mets have an advantage this off season.
1: Look, Sam I know you like Steve Cohen and I know it's been a warm welcome, but he's still a businessman.
0: He's still a businessman. I'm not saying that he's gonna he's gonna you know, roll up the Brinks truck for everybody. But, but don't get your thoughts up. I think that I think that he's gonna make he's gonna make the right moves. I think that he's gonna sign some pitching. He, I, I think that Brad Hand is a foregone conclusion. Easily a foregone conclusion. They have the money for him, he's gonna come relatively cheap, and no dra- and no draft uh no no draft compensation with it, because he went on waivers. I think that that's a foregone conclusion. I think that's an easy move for the Mets to make. That being said, after that, I, I think that George Springer gets a, gets a good offer from the Mets. I think that they try to bolster their starting pitching, whether that be Tanaka, Gossman, all of those guys. I, I want to stay away from Trevor Bauer. I really want to stay away from him. I think that his personality is something that's detrimental to teams. As we've seen, he's been traded twice throughout his career for those reasons, so that these are these are what i want you and all mets fans enjoy the honeymoon phase while it lasts i know we have to but that being said we're going to pause for a quick psa on wfnm 89.1 lancaster we will be right back
2: i rescued toast from a shelter in 2011 I knew
0: right then that she was special. That's just one adoption story that started at a shelter. Visit the
1: shelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States,
0: and the Ad Council. Okay, so we are back on WFNM eighty nine point one Lancaster. Uh, really quick to end up the show. I just want to talk really quick about some NCAA football news. Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach, who's known for being a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, just a few years ago, he had this—he had a whole rant speech about marriage and, and invitations. And it was really odd. I believe that's while he was the coach of Washington. So he held a press conference today. He said he was bewildered by the NCAA mandate, giving student athletes the day off to go vote weird. I mean, I I can understand that, that, you know, he, his job is to, is to coach these guys and they're just not coming to practice because the NCAA is not letting them, but I can understand why he is frustrated, but also today today is an important day for a lot of people and it's been it's become even more important as of late people are very focused on it now so I can understand that the NCAA making that mandate to to get players off for for veteran uh, for uh election day to to try and get them out to vote because otherwise they probably wouldn't have that opportunity they're in class they're in practice and it's a hard thing
1: there's been a whole cultural shift towards this kind of thinking that people should get the day off on election day in the United States uh. I, th- I I think it's a positive thing. I don't know why anybody, including Mike Leach, would want to stand in the way of that.
0: I do I do think it's a positive, but you know it, he's a weird guy, so we we have to count him a little bit of slack. He's always been known as a weird guy. Like I said, he had that rant a few years ago, <laughs> where what do you want for what do you want for dessert? I don't care. What do you want the <laughs> What do you want the invitations to look like? I don't care. Like that was that was. A very weird rant and he's known as a weird guy so i i, I don't I, I think that he's a little bit behind on the times and a lot of what he says so i don't really i don't really blame him for for take, making this take but it's also just weird but i also want to say that it's not surprising that he would be a little bit mad that the, his players would be getting a day off after they you know lost 41 to 0 to to number two ranked alabama like i i this this is a football coach and his, and his players are just not there and they got blown up. So I don't blame him for being upset slash mad, but still, he's weird. That could, that could have something to do with it. <clears throat> Definitely. So Wisconsin canceled their second football game in a row due to, to COVID-19. They were supposed to be versus uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Their quarterback has COVID. So bit of a struggle for Wisconsin right now. They definitely gotta gotta get in quarantine for a little while, just get everything settled before they before they get back on the field. They're in the Big Ten. Ohio State, as it is in the Big Ten, is doing great. Beat Penn State, uh, beat Nebraska week one, so they're doing pretty well. I don't know about Michigan, but they're doing pretty well right now. But hopefully Wisconsin gets their things in order and they can get back on the field because everybody wants to see college football back, but. In this, in this climate, it's very difficult. And, and coming from a place of, of being lucky of not having this virus, it's, it, we can see that it, it has a big effect on people. I mean, 230,000 people have died. How many millions have gotten the thing? How many, how many thousands are, are long haulers, as we said before? So it, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing. And I, I don't blame these schools that are, that are putting athletes out on the field to compete for the, the schools to be a little bit cautious because they don't want to be held liable, which I completely understand, and they want to make sure that their players are healthy. Other than that, Steve, you got anything to add uh, for the end of the show?
1: I think you're 100% right on the the college football concept. Uh, We don't want these players contracting it. We don't want anyone contracting it. Better off to cancel the game, get everybody in order, especially because it's a weekly schedule. Uh, This is the right move overall, and – you know if, if if wisconsin fans are upset about that then you know that's that sucks for them but this is the right move
0: 100% and i i don't want to like i am hoping that things get better and i understand why schools are are being as cautious as they are and these these guys have have future careers to look to you know this is this is a virus that we we don't know the long term effects cuz it's only been around for about a year now we don't know the the long-term effects of getting the virus even if you're asymptomatic, even if you're mildly sick, even if you're terribly sick. We don't know the severity of what of what it does to your body afterwards. So these guys, especially on Wisconsin, which is a which is a big football school, you know, just to name a few NFL players from there, Russell Wilson, JJ Watt, there are some, some big-time names that come from Wisconsin, and th- these, are, these are players that more than likely will have a, a future career looking for looking, looking out for them, you know? So they have to be mindful, and I understand why the school would want to be cautious because NFL prospects coming from schools is, is also another way that schools can, can, can lure people out there. So, definitely. With that, you know, it is 5.30, so that means we're done. Um, it's been a good week. Can't wait to see you all next week when we have Ian Rappaport on the show. Please tune in, 430 to 530, WFNM 89.1. Hopefully by then we will have our internet stream back on so you can listen live. But until then, this has been Sports with Sam and Steve on WFNM 89.1 Lancaster. Have a good rest of your night.